This is a move of God. I was just during the praise and worship time, I was just meditating of, of the times that we're living in. And really, this is a true move of God. And um, it is amazing because God's ways are beyond human comprehension outside of a revelation. So whenever there is a revelation, you know, it will be just the opposite of what your human carnal senses are telling you. For example, if we look at the life of Jesus, when he came, he came in a season where there was really no utterance of the word of God. There was a season of really from Malachi to his moment, not an utterance of the Holy Spirit, seemingly in terms of a recorded. And here comes who? The very word of God. The very word that God makes an entry in a, in a very void and barren place. In a place where it seems God has forgotten. In a moment where it seems God is not speaking. In a moment that, that seems the deceptive waves of manner that they have taken over. But the word of God came and was born in a manger. Came and was, was born, came out of a virgin girl who just said, let it be according to your word. Let it be unto me according to your word, which it's telling me that when it is according to his word is never in the scene. Because she said to her, if we follow right before what you said, how can it be? I don't know a man. How can I have a child? And when the angel says it will be of the Holy Spirit, she says, well, let it be unto me according to your word. And so there are seasons in our lives, and especially when God is about to do a major movement, in, <laughs> it would seem like, how can it be? It doesn't look like everything's lined up. It doesn't look like anything like normal looked like. But God is saying, just believe my word. And so today we can boldly say, let it be unto us according to your word. The next moment that we see of the life of Jesus is his movement towards the crucifixion. He knew his hour had come. He knew his hour had come. And what is going on at that moment? The whole world gets stirred up, at least his world. And so the king that was just welcomed into Jerusalem, Hosanna, praising the most high God, Hosanna to the highest, leads to what? Crucifixion. The ways of God are not carnally discerned, but they're spiritually perceived. When, when God starts moving, everything starts shaking. And so we see, we see now he's coming into Jerusalem and, and the Pharisees are stirred up. The wrath of Satan is moving through them. How can those little children praise him? Shut them up, Jesus, shut them up. There is a liberty in the children to praise the living God. And we can often discern movement of the Spirit by watching the children. And so today, no matter what it seems like, there is a movement of God. And right when we perceived that nothing was going on, that Jesus was being apprehended when he should be praised, that Jesus is being captured and really tortured when he should be glorified, we are not discerning that actually that's part of the glorification of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's part of the movement of God to know that this is the hour. And though it might seem like nothing is lining up, oh, do not survey the natural circumstance, but come back to the word of God and he can boldly decree, let it be done unto me according to thy word. And so it seems like right now in the natural, everything is not lining up for a move of God. And yet there is a move of God. There is a mighty movement of an awakening of a, of a resurrected body. There is a mighty awakening of a movement of God in the midst of his people. And that which God has decreed in this last hour that he alone has determined the times and the moment of, of this movement even within the world, it will be exactly as the counsel of the will of God. And a few weeks ago, we looked at Peter's sermon in the book of Acts, where he's giving an account of what has happened. And he said, you know, everyone got together to crucify the Son of Glory only to execute the divine purpose of God. Only to execute the preordained, predetermined order of divinity. And so today, and so today we make a choice. What do we survey? Whom do we behold? We make a choice. Whom do we celebrate? Whom do we magnify? Whom do we talk about? The Lord Jesus Christ. And so my topic today is the liberty of the Holy Spirit. The liberty of the Holy Spirit is a liberality of pronouncement of the name of Jesus. The liberty of the Holy Spirit is when the Son alone be magnified and glorified. The liberty of the Holy Spirit is knowing I am born from above and I have already overcome all. And in this new birth, I am fully triumphant no matter what it seems like. Though there will be times when they're saying Hosanna to the highest when they see me coming just because I carry the word of God versus other times they crucify him, crucify him. We want Barnabas release the murderer and crucify the saint of God. It doesn't matter. You have to have an assurance because you're led of the spirit, because you're a son of God. And those that are led of the spirit, those are the sons of God. That the predetermined counsel of the will of God will be executed in your midst. No matter what it looks like, do not quit in this hour. Do not survey the wind like Peter did and start sinking. We cannot sink in this hour. This hour is where we are in Noah's Ark being preserved and buoyed up and out to be seen by the word that there is a body called the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that is above all and does have a say so. That we do decree the word of God. That we do decree the word of God. In the way there was such angelic activity with, with the word coming forth from Mary, there is a great angelic activity right now that the heavenlies are stirred up. The heavenlies are stirred up. You be stirred up. Draw your redemption. Look up your red redemption draws nigh. Draw your eyes back on him. Put your gaze back on the one that says, I love you. I'm for you. And walk. Walk unmoved. Walk knowing that the very will of God is being executed in your life. Don't shrink back. Do not shrink back. Don't sink. Though the winds are furious. And the waves are tossing. Do not survey that circumstance. 
but be fully assured of the word that he says, come. And so we come. And so we pronounce, come, Lord Jesus, come. As he says, we say, come. Glory be to God. The liberty of the spirit. Let's go to Matthew 7. We'll start Matthew 7, the words of Jesus. That which I said is highly contended. That which I said is the narrow way that leads you into the liberty of the spirit. That which I just said is the walk of the victory. That which I just said is the triumphant walk of Christ on earth. And yes, 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 we do count the cost. The cost is a crucified life. The cost is no longer I, but it's the Father in me who does the work. The cost is that it is Christ in me, the hope of glory. But what a glorious reality of gain that is. Because it's now no longer I, but but Christ, he is my gain and he is my life and he is the glory of my life. Kila Mahasa. Ha ha. Time to rejoice. Time to rejoice. The time to get excited for God. Hallelujah. Right when it seems doom and gloom, that's the moment that we are to be most excited because we know God has a setup. Because if Satan knew what the crucifixion would bring forth a multitude of saints, the body of Christ on earth, sons of glory. He would not have crucified the son of glory. So right when it seems the darkest is the moment where you should look up because your redemption is drawing nigh. He's not left us alone. We're not left here as orphans in the world, but we have mighty Holy Spirit, the liberty of the Spirit. And so let's go Matthew 7, 13, the words of Jesus. Now we're going to look at the context of this, this, the, this verse as well. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the gate. Narrow. It's tight. It's a tight fit. Only Jesus can walk this way. Your flesh cannot walk this way. This is the walk of the spirit man. It's narrow. For the flesh, it's very tight. For the flesh, it means crucifixion. For the flesh, it means reckoning myself dead. For the flesh, it is narrow. And wide though, wide is the gate and broad the way that leads to destruction. That's where you can just flesh out no restriction to the flesh. And there are many who go in by it. Just because there's a crowd going that way, through the broad way, that seems that there is an ease in that way. We don't go that way. Because that way leads to destruction. Don't follow the crowd. Don't follow the crowd mentality. What's the mob mindset? Don't go. Be, be singular in your perception of the movement of God. And God has placed you in the body of Christ. He's placed you in a corporate place as well. But be discerning of the times. Be discerning of the movement of the people within which you're moving. Because you don't want to go through the broad way that leads to destruction. And that many go that way. Verse 14. Because narrow is the gate. Now this is the liberty of the spirit. It is narrow. The liberty of the spirit is not, is not a liberality of thought, of um, activity, of of worldly experience. No, it is a narrow way that actually leads into divine life. And that's what he's going to tell us here. Narrow is the gate and difficult. 
difficult, just in case you thought it was a little bit difficult. God says, yes, it is difficult. If he says it's difficult, then it is difficult. It is an uphill hill. It's an uphill walk. It is always going against, against, against the, the, the onslaught of the world. It's always going against popular opinion. It's always going against what everyone seems to be saying. But you have one that has already validated you. The Lord of glory. You have one that has, that has placed you in the midst of a great cloud of witnesses that Hebrews 12 talks about. They're cheering you on. So greater is he that's in you. The company of angels that's around about you is far greater than that, that which is around in the world of demonic activity. And if God has says, go this way, ha, huh, that is the, the highest power word that you can have is you go that way. Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to what? To life. And there are few who find it. Well, we are the few who found it. And we'll abide in this way. We'll abide in this way of liberality, of life. And so what is the liberty of the Holy Spirit? It is life. Life. To know I'm alive with the life of God. To know I'm alive with the very thought of the instruction of the divine word of God. To know I am today alive, to not have a care of the world, to know today that I have been set apart by the Holy Spirit to do a divine purpose for my Heavenly Father, to know that today I've been set free from the oppression and the corruption that's been found in the world, to know that I'm set apart to walk the narrow way of glory that leads into life, to know that now the Holy Spirit has a freedom in me to transform me from glory to glory. There's no harm liberty and yes it might be very narrow to the outer man but who wants to go by way of destruction there is sorrow and worldly sorrow does not edify but it is deadly and look at the context of verse 13 and 14 it comes with a certain crucifixion of don't judge just here just hear his voice. Here, if we go to chapter 7, judge not, verse 1, judge not, you not be judged, for with what judgment that you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure to use, it will measure back to you. Do not, oh, this looks like that. This looks like that with your carnal senses. The way you judge, you judge through the voice of God. You judge with a discerner of your heart, which is called the word of God. And that word of God will judge your heart and every intent of your heart. And it will devise soul and spirit and would lead you in the right judgment of God. That's your judgment. Your judgment is the word of God is pronounced over you. So don't judge with your carnal senses. Why? Because with what measure you use, it will measure right back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Ouch, ouch. So many times I've said that, ouch. Don't judge another. You don't discern their heart. Only the word of God in their heart can discern their heart. That's not for you to discern. For me to discern is the intent of my own heart. 
That is the liberty of the spirit. That now through the blood of Christ, my heart has been made faultless in the sight of God. And I can discern right from this right heart before God. To walk right towards another. How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your own eye and look a plank is in your own. Uh, let me remove the, the speck from, from your eye and look a plank is in your own. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. This is the narrow way we're talking about now. The broad way is a very hypocritical way. The broad way is a farce. It's a pretense. The broad way is destruction. But it says, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Don't give what is holy to the dogs or cast your pearls before swine. Attend to the word he's given to you. Don't get to preach too fast. Attend to the word he's given to you. Let the word be meditated within your heart. Let it cultivate a heart that's pure before God. And don't cast it prematurely before swines. Don't cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them, that which you, that which is precious to you. Trample under their feet, but look what comes after that, and then turn and tear you in pieces. And from there, now we see that at this moment, our gaze is focused on the Lord. At this moment, we're drawing our attention off of the world and others, off of being too hasty to go places and say things. We're drawing our spirit men to only heed the voice of God. And then we see prayer. Prayer comes from this moment. Because there's nothing like prayer to set your gaze on the Father. Ask and it will be given to you. This is the liberality of the Spirit. Ask, it will be given to you. Seek and you find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. And then he talks about the love of God. That if we can give good gifts, if we, if our child asks for bread, we're not going to give him a stone. And then verse 11, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask? Therefore, whatever you ask men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. And this is walk in love. This is part of the narrow way. It's part of the narrow way. And then he talks about the narrow gate. This is how we enter. This is how we enter. It, we enter through being born again. We enter exactly the way Jesus told Nicodemus we can enter the kingdom of God. is through a new birth. It's a birth of the Spirit. We're born again in that which we read last week, I believe, or the week prior, that with, from John 3, that that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit, but what is born of the flesh is always flesh. And so the narrow way is this way of the Spirit. And it's, it's also an oxymoron to, our, oxymoron to our human mind because we think of liberality and liberty and freedom of the Spirit as something loose. And yet it is very narrow because do not forget it is the word of God that was really inspired by the Holy Spirit to be penned by man. The Holy Spirit wrote this book. 
The Holy Spirit is the counsel um, release of the mind of God where the book is concerned. This is a very narrow book. This is the book that Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way, meaning the only way. You can't come to the Father unless you come through me. That is narrow. And yet it's the greatest liberality. Why? Because through this new birth, when we find the way, we find life. Zoe, God kind of a life, a joy we've never known, a peace that surpasses all understanding, the liberality of the Spirit to know that I am loved. The liberality of the spirit to know that I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now that is liberality to be free from fear, because what fear has torment to be free from torment. What does that look like? That looks like coming in through the narrow gate so you can find life, so you can enjoy life. And that's what he says, I've come that you might enjoy life. That you be filled with life. That you be overflowing with life. That you be, oh, so thrilled to be alive today. That there is a joy in your step. Why? Because you're not going with the deluge of the world into being duped more, into being destroyed more. But you now, what is your more? Your more now is life. I am now walking into more life from glory to glory. So when we talk about the liberality of the Spirit, it's not a fleshing out, I don't have to do anything. We know the Word has stated a few things we have to do, and the one big thing is set your mind above. Where Christ is, where you are now with Christ, set your mind above. The other thing that we do is bring every thought into subjection. That's part of the liberty of the Spirit. Why? Because you've been given dominion to bring things into subjection. No, we want to exercise dominion over people. We want to make a wrong judgment or what we think is a right judgment towards that one. And then we're going to exercise dominion to fix them up. No, get your hands off of that. That's the broad way that leads to destruction. Not just your life, but also their life as well. And look what comes right after this. Verse 13, 14 is verse 15. What? Beware of false prophets. What? Who come to you in sheep's clothing? What? You mean there's deception? You mean, you mean I, I, I can't just relax? You mean, you mean I have to beware? Why would I beware? God, if you're for me, why should, why? Because we have an agency that God has given to us. That we now are equipped with the Holy Ghost. Do we have an unction within? The liberality of him speaking. Don't go that way, Desi. That's not a safe teaching. Get your gaze off of that. Get your ear off. Put your ear back in here, Desi. It's not all up to God. Where God's concerned, everything's done. Now we appropriate. Now we walk upright before him. How? By the lead of the Holy Spirit. And look, the great deception False teachers in sheep's clothing. They look like they're part of us, but they're not. I believe it was a Jude says they had to leave us to, to for first. No, they're not part of our company. I think it's Jude. It's in the tail end of the. Well, since I said it, let me see if it is Jude now. That some have to leave us to just for us to know they were not part of our company. 
not part of our company, regarding false teachers. Well, this is what lands my eyes here in, in Jude, um, let's see. Let's do Jude 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you. There is a sobriety in this message of Jude. To write to you, exhorting you to what? Contend earnestly. This is another thing that we do. Contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed unnoticed. Why? Because they came in sheep's clothing. That's why unnoticed. Who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our law of our God into lewdness. That's what I said. This The liberty of the spirit is not lewdness. The liberty of the spirit is not you get to do whatever you want to do. That the, the, the spirit of grace leads you how? To, to the things of God, the spirit of grace. We read in the book of John, Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. What, what previous to that, which is Christ, will bring to remembrance the words of Jesus, the spirit of grace. I'll tell you what the spirit of grace, you can still keep your eyes there in June, put your finger, but the spirit of grace, I'll show you who the spirit of grace is, what the liberality of the spirit is. It's in John 18. Sorry, 16, 8, 16, 8. Let's go from seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, he'll convict. This is the spirit of grace. He'll convict the world of sin. He doesn't lead us into lewdness. The grace of God is a conviction of sin. And of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And I can tell you the judgment that's on the ruler of this world, defeat it. He's been stripped. It's a stripped foe. And yes, he does have deceptive power. So much so that he can uh, sneak in. People that whom we, we have even a good affection towards to lie to us, unaware to us, false teachers. If we go back to here in Jude 4, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're to honor so great a salvation. We're to be mindful that there was a great price paid for this liberty of the Spirit to lead us into all truth. That there was a great price that was paid for the Holy Spirit to come now and to equip us for the works of the ministry, right? So let's go to Galatians 6 from here. 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever man sows that he will also reap. Now that is actually a very liberal, liberal statement. There is not liberal, but uh, a liberality, a freedom statement that I am to know that whatever I sow, I can reap, which tells me I'm being equipped with the freedom to make a decision to reap, to sow the right thing, to be able to reap 
the right thing right. So I'm not a slave and slave and unable to make a right decision to solve the right thing because then I'm not culpable. Then I'm not responsible for what I read. It was really, if, if I'm not equipped with the Holy Spirit, then I really am not accountable before God. Because we know that the whole world is in the sway of the wicked one. And the sway of the wicked one is through the wide way, the least destruction. But now the Holy Spirit within us has placed us on the narrow way of the liberality of the Spirit, of the liberality of the life of God within us. So we can make the right decision to sow into the Spirit and from the Spirit to reap life. So let's continue reading. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But many don't like that. What do you mean? I want to have fun. I want to have fun in my flesh. I just don't want any consequence. I don't want consequence. Well, there is a consequence. It is the law of, what is it, sowing and reaping. It's how God has established it. And this law is perpetual forever. This law would never mock God. It would never work against God. This is how God has made the law to work. Whatever a man sows, that is what he reaps. And that's why a renewed mind is very important. Because what happens is when you become born again, is that now you, you have a life within your spirit, man. Now, now you, you have the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and the one that has a son has life. And so now you have divine life, a possibility of expression of this divine life. But if your mind is not renewed, if you're not abiding in the Word of God, which is to your benefit to abide in the Word, you're not renewing your mind, your mind is stuck on the world's way, and it's moving your soul, man, to think and believe a lie of the world because you've not been able to subject the old mindset and bring it in submission and allow the Word of God to exalt itself in your life so you now walk the narrow way and you sow the right seed. And so you have Christians, and I've, 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 I've had to figure this out myself, that the Lord is not mocked. Whatever I do sow, I will reap it. And so now we have Christians and ourselves at times where we, through unrenewed mind, we have an act, we do an action, and there's a consequence. Well, thank God for the grace of God. Thank God that we're being transformed from glory to glory. And like to think that we are a little further, further ahead with our mind renewed now than we're last year. Because then when the mind is renewed, we can actually sow the right thing. We can sow into the Spirit, and from the Spirit will reap everlasting life. So just let, I'm going ahead of it here. Let's go back to verse 8. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit. How do you sow to the Spirit? How do you sow to the Spirit? By aligning your mind with the Word of God. By counting it all joy when you go through Fire, these fire trials through the trying of your faith to recognize it's working a far greater way to glory rather than complain and sulk. We can actually put our eyes on the Lord and say, Lord, it might not seem right what's going on right now, 
but I'm going to trust you, Lord. I will believe you. If you're for me, God, then nothing can be against me. You at that moment are sowing in the spirit. You're walking by faith. When you walk by faith, you're sowing in the spirit. And you have examples. You have Abraham, you have Jesus sowing in the spirit, walking by faith. What did it look like? He only did what he saw the father do. He only said what he heard the father do. You have Paul, you have Peter, you have John. You have examples. And then I'm sure God places godly examples of, 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 of people in our, in our lives as to be able to mimic their walk. As Paul said, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. So we can then so to the Spirit, and from the Spirit will reap everlasting life. And because of it, we're not to grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap, which is telling me that we are, and then he finishes, we'll reap if we do not lose heart, which it's telling me it is like seed time, harvest time. Sometimes it can be a, a stretched out moment between that which we've sown in the Spirit to what is coming up back towards us but we're to not lose heart and to trust that God will not be mocked in this process it will be exactly as he has said it It will be and so verse 10 therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all especially to those who are of the household of faith now that is the liberality of the spirit because when we are led into these good works what does the word say about that that they will give glory to God And so the Holy Spirit is always glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 6, back to Matthew 6. It's actually John 6. (laughs) It's John 6. I went to Matthew 6. No, that's the Beatitudes. I don't want that at this moment. 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. What is the Spirit's liberality? The liberty of the Spirit? It is life. It is a spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, this is Jesus speaking, are spirit and they are life. And so when we talk about the liberty of the spirit, the liberty of the Holy Spirit is we are actually talking about the liberty of the word of God, that we are now born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And because of this new birth that we now have born from above, where there's nothing more above than the word of God. The word of God is above all. And we are born from this seed, incorruptible seed. And now we know that God is not mocked. Whatever he sows, he will reap. And so that word that's sown in our heart by the way of our new birth is producing what? A great harvest of a life. To glorify the Son of God. To glorify the Son of God. The very life of the Son is being produced in us. That we now speak these words of life ourselves. Because we after the second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, a life-giving spirit. And this is the liberty of the sons of God that all creation is groaning and crying out to be liberated from the corruption that's found in the world. The corruption of of doom and gloom, the corruption of destruction that we now as we walk in the liberality of who we are in the love of God, in the liberality of the word of God, we are setting creation free. 
Why? Because son, the son of God is living out his life through us. And there's nothing more freer than the life of the son in us. And I think I'm going to finish here and we'll continue next week with the same theme, the liberality of the spirit. Yeah, that's good.